Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Uh, we're talking, among other things, with Dr. David Hilden as his guest. Summertime emergencies. Good morning, by the way. Good to see you Good again. morning. Good to see you, Denny. It's you been are, a while. We are at both different uh, ends of... Uh, I, I was still in the lower 48, and you were way up there. I was way up in Alaska. I think you and I are we're, we're doing our share to support the national parks, it sounds like. I, I think you're right. I went to a couple. You went to more than a couple. Yeah, yeah it was great. But the temp was, was not as hot there in Alaska, was it? No, no. I had beautiful weather except for a couple days of rain and... Uh, um, as I was telling you off the area, it's just beautiful state, wide open. Got a little bit of seasickness on the ocean, but okay. uh, you can tell. Uh, you know, the waves are bigger in the Gulf of Alaska than they are on Lake Harriet. Yes, that's what I've determined. You you did your research and you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great trip, but it's good to have you back. Was uh, thanks to Thank Steve you. Thompson yeah. for helping us out. Yeah, and uh, you probably could have used an ER doc. Some help I could have. <laughs> oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> I could have, but um, uh, I'm glad we, I, everybody made it back. You made it back okay. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about uh, emergencies with somebody who knows a lot more about it than I do. Today on the show, we're going to talk about summertime emergencies, a little bit about uh, emergency care. Uh, it's going to be a great show. And so I hope everybody's having a good summer and a safe summer. Uh, to help us out today, I've got Dr. Nicholas Simpson. Uh, Nick is an emergency physician at HCMC. And uh, but he's more than that. Um, not that that isn't enough. Yeah. But he has additional training in pre-hospital care. Well, we'll we'll ask him what the heck's pre-hospital care, because um, uh, he also did a fellowship in emergency medical services, and so that means he's a board-certified physician, the guy you might come to see when you're in the emergency room. But he's also uh, 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 helps direct our emergency medical services program, which is the ambulances and the choppers and all that stuff before you get. To the hospital, so he knows a great deal about not only um, the whole continuum of care in emergencies, ranging from the moment that paramedic shows up at your door to what happens when you, how you get transported to the hospitals, uh, what happens when you get in, and so he's just a wealth of information on that. Um, Nick is also an assistant professor of emergency medicine at the University of Minnesota Medical School. Um, Nick, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Uh, let's tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, you told me you're from the East Coast. Where you, did you grow up? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Virginia, the state of Virginia, not Virginia, Minnesota. Not Virginia, Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's probably some good folks up in Virginia, Minnesota Absolutely. listening. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Virginia, did my college and medical school there, uh, and then came out here for a residency at HCMC. And uh, 
fell in love with the state, the city, the practice of medicine here, and we've been here ever since. What what uh, college? Were you at UVA? Were you at? Yeah, so uh, my undergraduate was at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and then my medical school was at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. For people who aren't uh, maybe quite as familiar with higher education and in medical care, the University of Virginia is one of the best universities in the country. So um, apparently, you're a pretty smart guy. Or did you cheat your way in? Or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty smart guy here. And then um, you did your residency. So tell people what does that mean? You did your residency in emergency medicine, and then you did a fellowship in emergency medical services. What's the difference? Yeah, so uh, residency is the uh, secondary, the, the postgraduate training after you've got your medical degree. And uh, that was at uh, Hennepin County Medical Center in emergency medicine, where um, you really you learn the practical hands-on aspects of taking care of everything from ankle sprains to cardiac arrests and everything in between. And then the fellowship is additional training after that to further subspecialize. And as of a couple of years ago, um, EMS or pre-hospital emergency care is now also board certified. So that uh, allowed me to be board certified in both emergency medicine and um, emergency medical services. And the stuff that is your glutton for punishment. You had to, <laughs> I am. And now you're on staff at the, on the emergency department. Um, We've spent many years on the show, and I, I, I go on and on and on about what the range of services that um, we offer at HCMC, and people um, maybe sometimes don't know that we have a stroke center and that we have clinics all over the place. We have, you know, I'm in the Western Metro, so we're a complete system of care. Um, but one thing they often do know is that we're a trauma center, and we were Minnesota's first level one trauma center. We are also a pediatric level one trauma center. There are other level one trauma centers now in town, but I, I have a soft spot in my heart for this one. Um, could you – I know people know that. They, you know, they see our ambulances, but I want to get people inside that a little bit more. What, and so if you could start us out with what, Nick, is a level one trauma center? What does that mean? Sure, yeah. So – there's different levels of trauma center, and uh, level one is the, the top or the, the um, uh, most equipped to deal with all comers in trauma. And that means that we have, not only do we have all the services, the neurosurgeons, the orthopedists, the general surgeons, the emergency physicians, um, everyone who you might need for traumatic injury on call 24-7, 365. Um, in addition to that, the level one trauma centers also engage in um, education and community action, as well as uh, training of uh, physicians. And so there's, there's a lot more that uh, level ones are involved in, in addition to just the um, care of the trauma patients. It's also a community involvement. Yeah, and as an internal medicine doctor like, like me, when I admit somebody into the hospital who doesn't have maybe the biggest problem was their trauma, because we're a level one trauma center, um, we don't miss stuff very often. And so what that means is that we get our trauma team involved on everything from the big, big stuff. You get in a big car accident and you have, you know, have a, some broken things all the way down to if you just fell down the stairs and you hurt your head or something. Our trauma team is there because they're specially trained to recognize um, insults to the body and to, to maybe maybe there's a portion of your body that was injured that isn't so obvious. And so we do exams on people in a very comprehensive way. Um, so it's really um, uh, uh, really a great service to, um, to the community. So when you call, maybe you can now let's switch a little bit to the pre-hospital thing. When sure. I call 911, how, first of all, how does that all get – done? How does it get routed? How do they know, you know, kind of talk us through what happens? Yeah, yeah. So there's, it's actually a very um, 
elaborate system. And so when somebody calls 911, that call uh, will usually go to um, an answering point, um, and that is initially triaged into whether the person needs uh, fire, police, EMS, or all three. And then that'll go to a secondary answering point where um, those specific agencies dispatch their units. And so that all happens within seconds to minutes, and things, things occur very quickly. Once those units get dispatched, whether it's fire, police, EMS, or all three, they um, come to your house or your location, wherever you might be, and, and start your care. And there's different levels of responders. There are uh, first responders that can do the uh, initial assessment and stabilization of patients. And then there's um, EMTs, EMT basics, that are very common throughout the state, uh, as well as a lot of our firefighters in the city are EMT basic. And they can do um, some additional cares and additional treatments. And then the paramedics is the sort of ultimate level of uh, pre-hospital care. And they, um, they can do um, all, almost everything we can do in the emergency department uh, out there, um, what we call in the field or um, basically outside the walls of the hospital. So those ambulance rigs we see driving around, whether it be our HCMC rigs in here in the Western Metro or or some of the other services around town, um, I've been in one of those. It looks like a mobile intensive care unit. It it really is. It really is. And I mean, I I love to say that uh, the paramedics uh, we have we have great paramedics here in the Twin Cities, and uh, I'm sure the the rest of the state as well. And uh, the paramedics are, I mean, they're providing uh, really critical care in, in people's homes and in the streets, and, and they're, they're really um, critical care clinicians that are providing a lot of that care before we get to the hospital and have those additional resources. I bet that ambulance costs a couple bucks. <laughs> it's, it's not cheap, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I think I might pick one up. I bet it'll, be, I bet it'll cost a little more than my Mini Cooper. <laughs> and your house. And my house. <laughs> no, that's probably, not to exaggerate too much, I'll bet you one of those things costs like a small house. It's, it probably does. That's about there. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk much more to uh, Dr. Nick Simpson about emergency, um, summertime emergencies. We'll get into a few things about what he's actually seen, some of the things to help keep you safe over the summer, um, and we will uh, do that after the break. Yeah, now it, uh, we want to invite our listeners by phone or by text, and you you can help me out with the Twitter deal. But our phone number is 651-989-9226. A line is open if you want to use it. Again, we're talking, among other things, about summertime emergencies. Or send us a, a text, 81807. And if you're on Twitter... And if you're on Twitter, it's Dr. David Hilden. You can put the hashtag Healthy Matters and we can answer your tweets. You know, I don't tweet as much as some public figures um, <laughs> in the country, but, but I do have a Twitter account and um, I'm getting old, but I've, I've figured out how to use it. Well, that's good. Sort of. Then you can teach me. <laughs> so go ahead and send a tweet. My... Uh, What's the name? It's like the CB radio days. My handle, your my hand, name. I guess your hand. The at thing. You know, yeah. when you have your at symbol, I'm at Dr. David Hilden, Dr. David Hilden. And if you put the hashtag healthy matters, um, we'll be trending before you know it. Outstanding. All right. We'll uh, take this break. Be right back again. Uh, you can call us or text us as well here on the show. Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We'll be right back on CCO. In the Twin Cities, 69 degrees. We'll probably see some shower activity today and again overnight tonight. 86 the high today. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We're talking, among other things, about summertime emergencies. And here again is Dr. David Hilden. Thank you, Danny. We're talking with Dr. Nick Simpson from the emergency department at HCMC. Um, before we get into specific kind of summertime emergencies and things you're seeing, a little bit more about the whole EMS um, system. We talked a little bit about, and this kind of 
is um, fascinating to me because I got to when I was in medical school, I got to ride on a helicopter as part of uh, my rotation. I thought it was so cool. I had absolutely nothing to do with the care, but they had an empty spot or something like that. And it was awesome. We landed on the roof of a hospital in in greater Minnesota. I think it was in New Prague. And we brought a patient in who was in labor or something like that. Anyway, so I'm fascinated by the helicopters. And and in the past year, I think it was a year or so ago, the roof of HCMC got remodeled. The roof did. And they put a state-of-the-art hella stop up there. And Let's talk a little bit about when you get airlifted in. Um, I'm gonna, one of the text messengers that is on one of our lines says, why do they use a helicopter in a city like Minneapolis? I'm not sure exactly what they're after that, but could you talk a little bit about air transport and when you get brought in by a helicopter and how it lands and what happens and all that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think to, to address the, the question here briefly, I, I suppose what they're asking is why would you – uh, use that amount of resources in a in a condensed area like this. Well, you could drive in. That yeah, kind of exactly. A thing. Yeah. And and sometimes that is the case. Um, the helicopter gets used um, most typically to bring patients in from the outstate, um, as far as uh, Fargo, Duluth, places where it would take hours and hours to drive by ambulance. And in cases where where minutes really do matter, if somebody's having uh, a big heart attack or is is really sick from a car accident. Those are the times when those minutes are actually worth that expense and that uh, that level of transportation. So, those are the times that we we use a helicopter. And so, if if we know that uh, somebody has a bad car accident and they're in rural Minnesota and there are no equipped trauma centers nearby, there are times where a helicopter will go straight to the scene of an accident if things look like they warrant that. You mean that? I never thought of that. They might actually go. Land on a highway or something? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a it's a great coordination between law enforcement and EMS, as well as fire in the outstate, uh, to make that call and, and call for that helicopter if if the crash looks bad. And we have not one but two um, places for them to land right here in downtown Minneapolis. We do, we do. Yeah, and uh, the the one that we use uh, most commonly now is our newest one, and that's directly above the emergency department. So that's that's sort of like having an attached garage to your house. You you don't have to cross the street or really go outside. Once you land the helicopter, you get into the elevator and the doors open up basically straight in the emergency department. And that is that is a tremendous asset uh, and, and really helps shave minutes off in these cases where minutes do matter. And the other one was on the roof or still is on the roof of the parking ramp, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's still quite close, um, but it does add a few minutes to the, the transport. Yeah, it's it. super cool. I've stood up on the on the, heli, on the heli stop, the new one. It's bright red. It's got the big, you know white plus sign in the middle i mean like yeah, yeah. and and it is so state of the art and it's so it was cool and i'm afraid of heights so i'm glad i don't have to be up there too much is that how you get to work <laughs> it's not how i get is to that work. how is that how the emergency department gets to work you land up there and then you get to so he sounds like a attached garage <laughs> that's awesome before we move on from this because i do want to um, get to some texts and some phone calls and the like but here's a text and i get this question a lot it's about training and how do you get into what you do now Dr. Simpson is a doctor. He went to medical school and went to emergency department training. But a question I do get a lot, and here is a text message that's asking that very question: um, Where should a person go? Uh, where should a person go, or who should they contact if they would like to become an EMT, an emergency medical technician? Oh. In other words, where, what kind of training, or what's the career path for people? Yeah, exactly. So um, I think first, just to differentiate the different levels. So first responder is the the uh, most attainable, I guess, and that's that's about forty hours of training, and that that tends to happen over um, sometimes a week, usually a couple weeks, and that 
is CPR certification, and that that's probably the easiest to find because it's it's the most common. A lot of people have that. That's a first um, responder. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, from that, the EMT basic is um, the next level up from there, and that's about 120 to 150 hours, and that's usually over about six months um, to get that level of training. And and as far as contacts go, I would start with with uh, local EMTs in your area and ask where they went. Um, a lot of these programs are, are local, and that includes the the paramedic, which is the sort of top level of uh, EMT. Uh, they're called EMT paramedics, and that's that's over twelve hundred hours of training, and that's usually a couple years of training. So that's much more extensive. A paramedic is a is much more extensive than an EMT, which is more extensive than a first responder. Is that right? It is. It is. And, and each one of those allows them to expand their scope of practice, allows them to expand what they um, uh, can, are prepared, and allowed to do um, out in the field. Awesome. And we provide any of that at Hennepin? We do. We do. So I'm actually the medical director of the paramedic training program at HCMC as well. And so I help to um, oversee uh, and participate in a lot of that training for the paramedics um, within our hospital. What I'd like to do, um, and, and I'm just um, thinking aloud here along with all of you, which I sometimes do on a Sunday morning, I would like to put a post on on the website. We have a website associated with the show. It's a blog called My Healthy Matters. You simply put the word my in front of Healthy Matters, myhealthymatters.org. Maybe I'll put something up there about uh, um, about EMS training, and maybe I could ask Dr. Simpson to help me out with that, and I'll put a picture of his smiling face on there if he's willing. <laughs> so sure. maybe you want to check out My Healthy Matters in this coming week, and I can put more information about uh, the training programs, um, because it is a question that comes up several times a year. Um, we're going to get – I've been kind of chatty today, but we're going to get into um, things like injuries and water safety and fire safety. We're going to do a, much of that after the break. We're going to get to your texts and calls, but maybe we could uh, take uh, Kathy's call. Yeah, uh, Kathy's been waiting. Kathy's calling from Becker. Kathy, do you have a question for the, our, our doctors? I just had two things. I I was in a bad car accident in 98, and so they helicoptered me to North Memorial. Um, I actually was trying to sign to my husband at the accident scene to get something out of the truck. So um, it's kind of funny then later. I thought it was pretty funny, but um, they had an interpreter for the desk there once I got to North. And I could not understand what he was saying, so I just motioned for a pen. I just said, I'm not deaf. I just need, you know, I can't, I've got all this blood that I can't talk. So I just wanted to say how on top of it they are. They're very, very observant. And then the other thing as far as being thorough in your assessments, I had kind of a sad experience with that same accident where, they, I guess, were being economic, and with the type of impact I had, they only scanned the right side of my face and fixed my jaw on that side. And I walked around for two years with my jaw on the left side jammed into my brain cavity by an inch, and they were still in, trying to increase my range of motion the whole time. So when they finally did the other, you know, the, the full scan, I had to have brain surgery, fix a couple of brain shields, take bone fragments out and put a metal shield in there. And then because the tissue, brain tissue or the scar tissue started causing seizures, so it's kind of a domino effect. Kathy, we're almost but, out of time for this break. Yeah. Uh, did you have a question at the... Uh, uh, no, I just wanted to share the story about, you know, thoroughness and, and how 
observant people are. I thought that was yeah. pretty neat to have the interpreter there. Right. Yeah, Kathy, sounds like you had a heck of a deal. Yeah, I guess. She had a heck of a deal. And um, good example um, that Kathy brings up about how you uh, you want a thorough, um, trauma-trained person to, to take care of you when you've had things like an accident. Yeah, exactly. Um, we are, uh, Kathy, thank you for your call and for listening from up there in Becker, Minnesota. Yeah. We have to take our usual break. We have another half hour of the show to go, though. If you uh, want to call in your question for the doctors or send a text, uh, here's our phone number, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. If you want to send us t- a text, you can do that too. We've got those to pick up on. That number is 81807, 81807 for your text messages. After this break, we'll have more of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. In the Twin Cities, our current temperature reading 69 degrees, some showers on the way, and 86. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. If you want to get involved in the show, a couple of ways to do it. By phone, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six, or uh, send us a text eight one eight zero seven. Doctor Hilden will tell you how to send a tweet as well. And for those uh, maybe joining the sh- uh, show a little bit late, who did you bring with you? Danny, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy summer to you. I have Doctor Nick Simpson, an emergency physician at HCMC, and the. Uh, and we're talking about summertime emergencies, and we've had such a good conversation. We haven't talked about the specific things I want to talk about, like staying safe when you're on your bikes and with your kids. So we're going to do that in the second half of the show. We've talked a lot about our emergency medical services department. And um, I want to ask him just a little bit because there's a lot of events going on in the Twin Cities. Um, many of you maybe participated or know that the, the Lifetime um, Triathlon was yesterday. Well, Dr. Simpson was the doctor on for that. Um, the X Games are coming to the Twin Cities. If you don't know about that, it's a cool thing happening down at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's a huge event, worldwide event of kind of extreme sports. And, well, heck, we're part of that as well. The emergency department at HCMC is going to um, be a big part of providing medical care there. So if we can do it for all these athletes, they can do it for you as well at the uh, HCMC's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. So I'm going to get back to Dr. Simpson in just a moment. I do want to give you a little announcement about if you're in downtown Minneapolis this coming Thursday, I'm going to be uh, with my colleague, Dr. Jane Hess, at the Downtown Farmer's Market. I do it usually every year. Well, my, my day is this Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're going to, uh, I'll be down at the Downtown Farmer's Market, and I'd love to meet you. So if you want, it's right at the Government Center on the south plaza there, that grassy area at the Hennepin County Government Center on 7th Street. Um, is that 7th? Is it 6th? Oh, well, you know, the big HCMC. It's on 7th, yeah. Now, the Downtown Farmer's Market is this coming Thursday, 11 to 1. Stop by. I'll see you. There's fruits and vegetable stands. and um, It's about a block from here. And me. Yeah. So there you go. Well, I don't know if I'm a fruit or a vegetable, but I'm going to be down there at the HCMC booth on the South Plaza of the Government Center this Thursday. Hey, before we get into a couple things um, about specific summertime injuries, just a couple of texts here. Somebody just texted me listening from Pittsburgh. Whoever's listening in Pittsburgh, PA, thanks for listening to the show. Here's another texter that says, I'm turning 55 soon, and I'm looking to do some good with my life. I'm in great shape, and I have a college degree. Am I too old to be a paramedic? I say absolutely not. I think it's uh, any time is a great time to get into the field of uh, medicine, emergency medicine, 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's a couple years typically as a program. Sometimes people get their associate's degree as part of that. But, uh, no, absolutely not. You can certainly get involved. I'd be happy to have you as a 55-year-old trained uh, emergency responder um, to, to come help me out. Here's another texter that says, and somebody called with a similar question who didn't want to be on the air but called. It says, what things can a patient um, or assistant do before the EMT arrives? Like, should you sit up after a heart attack and what shouldn't you do? Somebody else said, you know, what kind of information might a paramedic need to know when they arrive? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, as as uh, I think one of the other listeners pointed out, uh, having your house well marked and not having excessively decorative numbers on the house, ones that are clear and easy to read, will help the crews find your house. And then uh, once there, if if you know they're coming and you're able to have somebody unlock the door and let them in, um, that sometimes can be an impediment to care as well. Never thought about that, just getting in the place. Yeah, that's that's sometimes a challenge. Uh, and then as far as information they like to have ready, it's the same as your as your doctor or a new doctor, emergency doctor would like to have, which is any medicines you take, the doses, uh, any allergies to medicines. And that can be told to them, or if you have the medicines available, you can just uh, give them to the crews and they'll, they'll take them to the hospital with you. I like that idea about identifying your house. Uh, heck, the pizza delivery guy can barely find my house. I don't know, I don't know, how, the, how, the paramedics are going to, when I'm passed out from a heat stroke. Um, that, okay, let's talk a little bit now about some specific summertime things. I want to start out with um, kind of trauma safety. There was a, another article on one of the news sites this morning about a motorcycle accident, and, and when I would just mention that the X Games are happening. What are you seeing, or what are some tips we could give people for um, summertime safety with regard to, like, bikes and motorcycles and the like? Maybe start out with that. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the biggest preventable injury that we that everybody is seeing this year and every year is is people not wearing a helmet when they're on their bike or motorcycle and that's it's it's an easy thing uh, but it's it's something that that not enough people do and and uh, a minor or moderate fall wearing a helmet might not be a big deal whereas without a helmet if you crack your head on the pavement you might have a significant concussion or or worse and so it's it's a it's something i wish more more kids and adults wore their helmets when they're out riding yeah, it's amazing how um, I, I've seen a, a little better in Minneapolis. I was in Los Angeles where my daughter lives and goes to school, and everybody's on their bike around her college campus. I didn't see a single helmet. I don't think I saw one. Um, and here in Minnesota, I'm seeing a little bit better. On on motorcycles, that shocks me when I see somebody on a motorcycle without one because <laughs> surviving a motorcycle accident without a helmet is not as likely. I totally agree. And, and where I grew up in Virginia, it was a, a law to wear a helmet to ride, and I a few, I guess, quite a while ago here that that uh, that law changed, was changed some years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I as as an ER doc, I would love to see every motorcyclist wear their helmet because I've uh, seen seen people that are injured in a motorcycle accident with a helmet that um, maybe break some bones but do okay. Uh, whereas some of those same types of injuries without a helmet are um, have devastating injuries, and so. I, I really encourage everybody to do that. Yeah, but you've seen though the what the worst that could um, what could happen with that. I have several friends, um, not just one, several who have uh, ride bikes, bicycles, and um, and have had head head injuries. Um, some of varying degrees of severity. I had one guy. He's actually a doctor at Hennepin. My my friend Aaron Rutzik. He's a biker, and he's off in British Columbia or somewhere mountain biking. And he said he wiped out on his bike once, and he was sliding across the pavement on his head and he says during that one to two second accident he remembers thinking 
holy cow, I'm using my bike helmet right now <laughs> as his head was bouncing off the pavement. And, well, he's still a doctor today. He's still seeing patients, and that bike helmet probably caused, you know, prevented some real serious injury. There you go. So um, wear your helmet. That'd be a good one. Um, um, uh, there's another texture. Okay, so that's one bit of bike safety. And maybe the number one thing you can take out of this is, if, for sure, wear your helmet when you're on – uh, your bike or your motorcycle. There's another texter that came in way early in the show about bugs, literally about mm. bug baits. I wanted, you know, so this is a totally different thing, but it's a summertime thing, uh, mosquitoes and the like. And here's someone who says, my young adult daughter has increasing difficulty with mosquito bites, swelling and becoming inflamed. What's up with that? Do you see people, you know, that get bug bites, bee stings, you know, things like that in the summertime? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially as people are getting out more, uh, getting out to the cabins, out to the lakes. Yeah, we see a lot of those things. And um, as she mentioned, it is it is totally common for someone who has a, a minor allergic reaction after repeated exposures to have a more severe reaction as as those ex- exposures increase. And and the the body's sort of innate immune response to that um, can build up and become more severe. And so it's 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 something we see. And you know, Benadryl is always the first step. And uh, if there's any concern about breathing or if somebody's vomiting or confused, by all means, call 911 or go straight to the hospital. Right. If you're if you're not breathing or your throat's, you know, um, doing, uh, you know, having trouble swallowing or breathing, for sure go into uh, – that's an allergic reaction. You know, I, I can get bit by mosquitoes and probably have for the last 50 years in this state and hardly anything happens. They either don't bite me or I don't get bugs. Then my kid and my wife, you know, they get – Covered with welts, you know. I'm not, I'm not talking emergency um, anaphylaxis, not yeah. allergic reactions, but just some. Some people just really swell up a lot more, and it's more of a nuisance than anything else for them. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to that texture. A little uh, Benadryl might help with the itching. Um, so uh, let's talk about a couple other things. You said you were. Uh, do we have time? Oh, we have a break coming. I tell you up. what, let's do that. I, I want to talk about yeah. heat injuries and heat stroke. He was the um, Dr. Simpson was out at the triathlon yesterday, caring for people there. I want to talk about heat type of injuries next. Let's do that. We'll uh, take this break. We have more show to come. If you want to get involved, uh, you can do it either by phone. Call us at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, or if you prefer to send a text, and we'll pick up on those as well. That number, that text number is 81807, 81807. We're heading toward 86 degrees for a high today. Scattered showers uh, for the late afternoon. We may have some this morning too, and maybe overnight as well. Could be heavy rain overnight tonight. As I said, daytime high 86 today, 87 tomorrow. Right now on CCO, temperature reading at 70. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Among other things, we're talking about summertime emergencies. And here once again is Dr. David Hilden. I do want to read this text message. It's, sure. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase it a little bit. We were talking about helmet safety and, and uh, um, a, a nurse um, we, uh, wrote, good point. This was in response to our discussion about, about uh, wearing your helmet and this person is a nurse, and she talks about, um, unfortunately, uh, if you don't wear your helmet and you ride a motorcycle, um, one of the conversations that they are sometimes having is whether or not you're going to be an organ donor. And what she means or he means by that is that it is very dangerous to ride a, a motorcycle without a, a helmet. And um, the sad fact of that is, not to put too fine a point on yeah. it, but we want to give proper information, the sad fact of it is that sometimes – um, motorcycle accidents are more likely to result in a, actually your own death if you um, if you don't wear a helmet. So I would uh, I would strongly suggest um, uh, wearing your helmet. Okay, now I want to talk about heat injuries. 
You were at the triathlon yesterday. How'd it go? You I, weren't running it. I was not running it. I you ever done one? It. I have been a spectator. I yeah, I've never that. done one. I, you know, as <laughs> listeners know, I run marathons and the like, and in moments of insanity, I sign up for a marathon, and then I, for about two years, I wonder why I signed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never done a triathlon, but I'm amazed at those athletes. Oh, so. it, looks, it looks like a ton of fun. There's the, they, they swim. At least at the beginning of it, they all looks like fun. Yeah, During yeah. the middle of it, it doesn't look like <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it, it looked like a great time. Um, thankfully, the weather held out. It wasn't uh, excessively hot. It got a little warm towards the end of the day, but uh, yeah, it was it was good. But certainly, heat injury was was on our mind during. This so, time. how does someone? You know, I, I guess there's there's the 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 whole continuum between highly conditioned athletes, and then there's like just every, normal people who are out working. Maybe you know, if you're working outside or you're gardening, you know, heat injuries can happen to anybody. Oh, they absolutely can. And in fact, it's it's so prevalent that the uh, American College of Sports Medicine has developed a system based on something called the wet globe bulb temperature, which is a... Say what? It's Yeah, it's kind of a complex way to measure temperature and sunlight, and it's it's more than just the, the heat index. It's more than just the ambient temperature to really tell how much heat stress an athlete or, or anybody is going to experience outside. And so there's a flag system that the racers use about whether green things are going to be fine or we expect them to be fine versus... Um, all the way up to black, which is the event probably should be canceled due to the risk. So when people are out and about in the um, in the heat, is it all just about drinking water? Is, is that how you stay safe? That's certainly part of it, um, especially as heat and humidity rise. Uh, just just getting out of the heat, out of the direct sun um, is, is really going to be important because, um, you know, as, as your body gets hotter, you, everybody starts to sweat and um, heat – Injury, uh, signs of heat exhaustion, and then ultimately heat stroke is is a continuum. And so, um, you get tired, you get sweaty. Um, some people develop some nausea and some vomiting. Uh, can get muscle cramps, fatigue, and weakness. And then, as things progress, I think the the biggest and most concerning thing is when people start to get confused and and uh, what the uh, paramedics and emergency responders will will talk about as uh, altered mental status. That's that's a, a huge concerning feature. I often tell people in the summer, look at, look out for each other on hot spells. Look out for your neighbor, maybe the elderly person who doesn't have an air conditioner. Um, look out for, you know, check up on them, if especially if they live alone. And, um, you know, get them out of the heat if you can and, and make sure you stay well hydrated and all those kind of um, uh, tips for staying, for staying safe um, in the summer when you're outside, whether or not you're uh, exercising. Um, a couple other text messages, if I could. Um, one of them is, uh, uh, I don't think we'll be able to get into too much detail, but this is a person who just wants to know, should I go to the ER? I'm having a difficult time with urination. It's a little bit sore. Could it be an infection? I'm, I'll just answer that. If, if anything's new for you uh, um, and uh, and you're not sure if you're having pain on urination, call your doctor. Or if it's really bad, if you're having fevers, you're having chills, you really can't urinate, it's always acceptable to go to the emergency department. One last thing here um, from the text line again. it's Have you mentioned pulse agreements um, for the benefit of both patients and EMT. So I'll tell I'll tell listeners what that is because I'm a big fan of these. Pulsed is a physician's order for life sustaining treatment. P O L S T. Pulsed. And it's different than an advanced directive. It's not just like, you know, you put in your will, I want to donate my organs or this is what I want and this is what I want. this is an actual physician order that you can tape to your refrigerator. Um, where it's a um, this is what you want done, and so the the emergency responders can see that and they can follow those as if it's a regular physician orders. It's hard, Nick, when people come into your emergency department and they're in extremists, they're in a rough shape. 
you often, most of the time, probably don't know what you haven't had a chance to talk to them. So you probably make the decision to resuscitate people unless you know for sure that they don't want that. Correct? Right, right. Yeah, it, it is. It is sometimes a difficult place to be in. Um, it's. Whenever there's a question, we always err on the side of resuscitation and, and quote-unquote aggressive measures because it's, it's easier to pull back from those after the fact than it is to um, go back in time and, and go the other way. Um, but yeah, the, the pulse is extremely important both to the um, uh, 911 emergency medicine system as well as the emergency medicine docs and uh, nurses. It, it can mean the difference between um, a lot of – excessive measures when they're really not wanted by the patient themselves. And, and I think it's, it's incredibly important for, for patients, families, and their, their, their physicians, their providers to have those discussions ahead of time if those decisions have already been made. Yeah, and you can, you can get that um, through your doctor. It's, it, it, um, I hadn't heard about it until the last few years. Um, but people often say, why did the emergency doctors do this? Why did they do CPR? Why did they do all that? We, I didn't want that. Well, they didn't know that. And, and I, I agree with you. It's, until you've been there in that emergency situation, you've got a person whose life is literally minutes on the line. You know, every minute counts. If you're those emergency responders, if you're the doctors, you're probably going to err on the side of trying to save your life. And if, that, you know, if, you know, if you didn't have some kind of very clear orders to the contrary um, – that's that's the reasonable thing to do. So consider a pulse. Thank you for the uh, um, uh, um, for that text message. Well, we're running out of time. Yeah, we are. Less than a minute to go. Nick, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been great to be here. Yeah, I'd love to have you back someday. Dr. Nick Simpson from the Department of Emergency Medicine, Assistant Professor of Emergency Medicine at the University of Minnesota Medical School, has been our guest today. Check matters.org today or any day for podcasts of any shows you missed, for links to cool things, for my ramblings about a variety of things, and in the coming week for some uh, um, more tips from Dr. Simpson. That's myhealthymatters.org. See you at the Downtown Farmer's Market Thursday. Oh, yeah? I'm going to be down there? You need to buy some vegetables, right? You got to eat healthy? Well, come say hi to me. Introduce yourself. Say you listen to the show. I'll be down there with Jane Hess, who is the medical director of our North Loop Clinic. And next week, what's on the show? It's an open lines. Get your general health questions about anything that's on your mind and try to see if I know the answer. Good deal. All right. Thanks very much, doctors. 70 is our Twin City temperature reading, heading for a high this day of 86. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.